All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Driving Theology. My name's Mike, and it is September or something or other. Let's see, what is today? I think it's September the 12th or 13th. I think it's the 13th. September 13th, 2023. How's everybody doing? So if uh, you're just tuning in for the first time, uh, this is a podcast that I record on my way to work, thus the driving, and I tend to uh, think about things uh, that eventually make their way uh, into thoughts of divinity, thus the theology, and so driving theology, that's what this is. Um, uh is it good theology? No, uh, but it's my theology, <laughs> and not always. I mean, sometimes I change my mind on stuff, and, you know. And I uh, have different opinions later, and yeah. So it's it is what it is. But it's my random thoughts. And today, actually, a couple minutes ago, I thought of something that I would like to talk about. Um, a lot of times, I don't have anything specific. I just gab until. I find my way to a uh, topic, and I'm not going to make you suffer through that today. <clears throat> uh, so, I've talked about this in the past a little bit. <clears throat> Some of you may or may not know that I am... Uh, oh, I had this upside down today. I'm going to see how it works. Huh. My microphone's placed a little bit differently than I usually do, so we'll see if it's any better or worse or just the same. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, anyway, uh, I love chess, um, and I really have loved chess for as long as I can remember. I don't remember how old I was when my father taught me chess, um, but I know I, I was in elementary school. That's about all I remember. <clears throat> my guess is that I was 9 or 10. <coughs> Excuse me. A little frog in my throat. Probably <clears throat> 9 or 10 years old, somewhere in there. And, uh, yeah, my dad was uh, obviously way better than me until we got, until I got older. Um, but he taught me things like the uh, four-move checkmate was the big one, right? taught me the four-move checkmate, and so I was able to pull that trick on my friends. Uh, I did have other friends in my neighborhood. My friend Danny played chess. Um, but I didn't really get into it. I was never really taught. I didn't read any books on it. I just knew what my dad taught me <clears throat> and kind of went from there. Uh, and so when I got into eighth grade, now this is when I still lived in the St. Louis area, in uh, St. Charles, I, I went to eighth grade and I joined the chess club. And we played chess the first day and then I, I beat whoever the be best player was with the four move checkmate and I was made president of the chess club <laughs> because, because I could do that. <laughs> uh, but 
problem was, I think that was 8th grade, it must have been 7th, 8th grade, could have been the 7th grade, I don't remember, but just right after that, we moved, uh, within a couple months of school starting, uh, we moved, and, uh, moved to New Mexico, and they had a chess club there, and I joined the chess club when I got to New Mexico, and that's where I made a lot of my new friends, um, a lot of people that are still friends of mine to this day, uh, uh, friends like, uh, Danny Whitaker, Daniel Whitaker, and, uh, Corey Gasprich, uh, those two guys became my friends all the way through high school, hung out constantly together during that time. Of course, we haven't hung out much since high school, but, you know, such is life. Uh, but yeah, so those guys played chess, and I, um, yeah, joined the chess club and made some good friends. I don't remember ever learning anything in chess club in the eighth grade. I don't remember. The eighth grade was kind of a blur for me. I I uh, was going through a big culture shock, uh, having moved uh, more than halfway across the country, and, uh, well, probably less than halfway across the country. Anyway, you get my drift. Very far away. Uh, over a thousand miles away. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I don't remember much about chess then, and from that time on, chess was a very sporadic thing for me. Like, I, I didn't have a chess board in college that I remember. I'm not sure I played even one game of chess in college. Although I must have with my dad when I go home or something like that. But, um, yeah, and then it'd be at family gatherings. Maybe, you know, we'd play a little bit here and there. Uh, but I wasn't really into chess. And then I got a chess board after moving to Japan, I got a chessboard. Uh, the chessboard was, uh, I'm going way too long about my, my history of chess. But what I wanted to say is, uh, there's a couple times in my life, one about probably 15, 20 years ago, I got into playing chess with some of the guys here in Japan. Every once in a while, we'd have a day or several hours of chess games. Uh, and then Facebook came out with their game thing, and I don't really do games, but I was interested in playing chess with my new phone, and so I learned to play chess on my phone and kind of did that way more than I should, <clears throat> probably. But then I discovered chess.com uh, about a little over a year ago, June, a little over a year ago. And I started playing on chess.com, and that's a whole other animal because not only does it introduce you to the game and give you opponents to play around the world, as did the Facebook app as well, it also introduces you to many uh, things happening in the chess world. It kind of immerses you uh, in, you know, their tournaments. You start hearing these names of the famous players. Uh, that are popped up, they, you know, they send you messages, and it's a whole social site, really, chess.com, so you get on there, on there to play chess and to track your progress, uh, but also you, you are kind of immersed in what's happening in the chess world, and it, it, more so the English-speaking chess world, um, 
and it, you know you kind of get even more deeply interested in chess and then if you become a member of chess.com uh, you can get tutorials puzzles all kinds of ways that you can actually um, learn to play chess not just you know um, blindly go out and try to try to beat people you actually have ways that you can become educated in, in tactics and, and techniques and, and what have you openings and gambits and all that stuff that is chess and that'll also can also connect you to chess streamers uh, on Twitch or YouTube uh, where you can go even deeper uh, into that rabbit hole <clears throat> anyway I've been kind of immersed in that chess world for the last uh, year or a little longer and uh, I've enjoyed it. I, I've the problem is when I joined after five games or so, chess gives you a rating, and my rating was right around a thousand. Right around a thousand. Now, to give you a uh, point of reference, a rating of a thousand makes you better than about eighty uh, percent of all people on Chess.com, and they have millions of people ranked on chess.com um, so it makes you about better than 80% but the really good people are well over 2,000 uh, many of them uh, over 2,500 uh, some of them on chess.com rated over 3,000 so if that gives you any indication of how deeply you can go into chess you know I've been playing all my life I'm 50 some odd years old. I, I may have been playing for 50 years, but probably more like 45 years. <clears throat> um, I'm still only ranked a thousand, uh, and and these guys, uh, these guys who are really good, are three. Some of them three times better than me. Uh, and it's kind of astounding to think of that. You know, like. Um, there may be things that you've done in your life where you enjoyed it and you put a lot of time into it and, and effort and maybe even went to college for it. Uh, but one day you are made aware of your limitations, right? You, 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 uh, you hit a wall, right? Um, now I realize a wall and a ceiling is a little bit of a different metaphor. <clears throat> Uh, I'd have to study more about the metaphor of glass ceilings and all that stuff. But what I'm talking about is in, in ability to do something and a skill, uh, not, not necessarily a talent. Um, and so today I thought what I'd like to talk about is when you hit a wall. And the reason that that idea came up is that I have been, uh, since I was rated around a thousand, I've gone down to as low as 600 right? Losing game after game after game and fought my way back up to 900 and then go back down to 700 and then uh, fight my way back up to 800 and go back down to 600. And it's just been this really loopy uh, kind of ride uh, in chess for me the last year or so, uh, where I have friends that have been able to, to get past that 1,000 uh, that 1,000 ceiling, 
right, that, that have gone beyond that, <clears throat> um, who are younger than me, and obviously better at chess than me, uh, and they have been able to, for whatever reason, it doesn't really matter the reason, they've been able to get past that, and that hasn't been a, a barrier to them, whereas to me, the 1,000 mark has been a barrier that I have yet to cross, uh, and it's frustrating. It, it, it it's just becomes this larger-than-life thing um, where, you know, even though I, I play multiple games a day and, and I watch... Uh, chess content and I practice my openings and no matter what I do it seems like my my boundary is a thousand that that I'm unlikely to go past that in chess that's what it feels like right now uh, and several days oh, this week was a couple yesterday two days ago two days ago I woke up and I was only within 22 points of a thousand 22. And my goal for that day was to get to a thousand, like I wanted to get to a thousand and surpass a thousand. Uh, and you know, so I sit down where it's quiet, and I really try to focus on my chess. And and uh, I was still unable to do it. In fact, I I've fallen down to maybe now nine forty something. And now I've got the good sense to not just keep digging myself in a hole. Uh, if I'm not playing well, I know to just stop. Um, because, you know, for whatever reason, that day, I just don't have it, right? <clears throat> and on a, on a website like chess.com, you can do that, right? It's not like a tournament where if you stop, you actually forfeit and you lose points. I can just stop playing and keep my rating. But the best way to get better is to play, Right? The best way to improve is to play and to remember what other people do and to anticipate uh, and to make better decisions um, and to recognize uh, what's going on in the chessboard quicker and to have something in your pocket to react with, right? <clears throat> now the best in the top chess players memorize openings and a lot of the guys that are over, you know, around 2,500 or, or above are professional chess players and content makers. Uh, this is what they do for a living is chess. Obviously, that's not me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I know I'm still a fairly good chess player as far as the world is concerned. I, I rank right around between 75 and 79 percentile right now. But that's just a C, right? That's a C. <laughs> if you're thinking about it in terms of grades. Uh, but actually, I'm, I'm winning right around 50% of my chess games at that ranking. Uh, and so that's more like an F. I'm failing 50% of the time. So if you think about it in grades, it really doesn't work. But if you think about it in percentile, I'm not a, I'm not a horrible chess player. Uh, if I play chess with almost anyone in the world at random, you know, that I'm paired with randomly, who knows how to play chess, I will beat 80% of those people, probably, right around 80%, 75 to 
but it doesn't matter, you know, I have, I'm at a certain part, and I, and I am the kind of person that wants to get better at something, if I'm interested in something, I want to do it as well as I possibly can, and yet, I have certain personality traits, uh, that probably limit, um, my improvement in whatever, so, let's get off chess, let's get off chess, there are several walls, or ceilings, that you will encounter uh, as you work your way forward in any type of endeavor. Uh, generally, a ceiling is considered something like a class, right? To, to exceed your class. And so I don't, I don't want to talk about class so much. Um, I know that glass ceiling, to break the glass ceiling, has something to do with, I think, economics, right? To go from one, <clears throat> man, I can't get this whatever's in my throat out of my throat. And then I take a drink of water. The glass ceiling seems to have to do with uh, maybe going from blue collar to white collar, something like that, right? To go from paycheck to paycheck type of existence uh, to a more comfortable, financially comfortable existence. Or something like that. <clears throat> Glass ceiling, right? Uh, so let's talk about walls first. A wall is, is something that you uh, come up against as you're trying to get better at a specific skill. Okay? You're not necessarily trying to uh, transcend your class or something like that. You're trying to um, make incremental improvements in a certain skill. For me, <clears throat> and, and oh, the opposite of a wall is a breakthrough, right? When you have a breakthrough, that means you had come up against a wall but you found your way through it. You found your way around it, over it, under it, whatever. Uh, you have a breakthrough. Oh, I had a breakthrough. Uh, so for me, where this uh, intersects with my experience is with music and specifically in my voice training. So as, as a singer, uh, I had probably something like nearly eight hour, eight years of voice lessons uh, through college and graduate school. Uh, and even a little bit before that and a little bit after that. But that was basically my training period. And what happens with a voice student is that you, you are trying to get to the point where you can not only technically but artfully interpret music. Right? Not only do you want to hit the notes, but you want to be able to convey the thoughts and emotions of the composer in a meaningful and touching way. Right? That's what a singer is. <clears throat> now, in technical things, uh, this can mean being able to reach a higher note, being able to sing a higher note more beautifully. Uh, or more fully, or maybe just hit it is your first thing. 
or it could be to be able to execute a certain passage at at the desired speed, right? At at the the tempo that you need to do it, uh, or it could be to be able to sing a a held note for as long as you need to without taking a breath, to be able to execute a certain phrase uh, in music without breathing in the wrong place, right? Uh, and and singing it beautifully all the way through. It's one thing to, you know, you can sing after you've lost most most of your breath, but you can hear the strain and the and the almost you know desperation, uh, and this the tone is no longer beautifully right. You, you kind of get to the uh, kind of stuff where technically you held the note, but but not musically. You didn't do it musically, so that wouldn't obviously count. <laughs> Uh, as having achieved that, but it might—it still might be a start, right? You—you. Uh, you, the point is that you are working incrementally in a skill, and maybe it's—maybe your thing is shot put, and so you are going for a certain distance. And every day you get out there, you're consistently hitting a distance. But you know that the person who won state the year before uh, is just four inches past you, or you know, whatever, ten centimeters past you. And that's, you know, you've got to, you've got to find somewhere 10 centimeters. Or if you're a marathon runner, you know, if you're a, a distance runner and, and you know that you've got to find another, you know, uh, you've got to cut 20 seconds off your time or you need to cut two shots off your golf game or whatever it is, right? Sports is a, what, what did they say? Game, uh, football is a game of inches, I think is what they said. And really all sports is a game of inches, right? Uh, it's a game of small, uh, very small margins that make the difference in the game. You know, whether it's a three-point shot that Curry hits, you know, his margin of error is very small. For a basketball to go through a hoop, uh, especially at the angle it has to go through, uh, there's, there's a greater chance that everybody in the world will miss a shot than hit it. It's not easy. Right? It's something that you you work on over and over and over and your body and muscle memory uh, kind of take over and you're able to do it against all odds. And obviously everybody knows that Curry can, can shoot a uh, three-point shot from almost every, anywhere in the field at a clip right around 50%, which is ridiculous. That's incredible, right? And that's considered good in his sport. But in music, let's say I have to hit a high G, uh, maybe I can hit it 50% of the time, but that's not acceptable. I have to hit it 100% of the time, right? Uh, you, you, whatever you choose to do in art, you have to do every time, right? And so high notes, and, and in some instances, low notes uh, are, we call the money notes, right? That's what people come to hear. That's what you have to do well. If you miss your high note, they disregard everything else you've done that entire night. If, if the if the high note or the low note isn't correct, then it kind of ruins the whole thing, right? It's like it's like making a a I don't know beautiful creme brulee, uh, but you overdo it in one of the ingredients, right? You just put 
twice as much salt as you should have or half the sugar and it ruins the whole thing it's none of it's good now because you know that one thing was not right it ruins the entire thing uh, that's kind of how music works right that's why you can sing uh, an entire uh, an entire night uh, an entire concert but you hit one horribly flat note that's what everybody remembers is that flat note and so the margin for error in sports is quite forgiving <laughs> quite forgiving in in the arts it's not forgiving at all you need to be perfect uh, on a consistent basis and that's perfect to the untrained ear now musicians listening to musicians can detect things that other people don't detect or don't notice uh, we may notice where a breath is misplaced uh, we may notice when a note uh, is not held for the, the the correct length or where the tone is too nasal or, or too sharp or too flat or uh, whatever right <clears throat> whereas normal people wouldn't notice those things so in art you kind of have to be perfect um, as far as the common person is concerned uh, rarely maybe never never is an artic, artist perfect when thinking about their their own standards right artists have quite high standards and I think I think athletes have high standards for themselves as well um, but there comes a time when you hit a wall and that's why I wanted to talk about it. I'm kind of getting off 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 uh, subject a little bit or I'm not getting to my point the point is you will come and you will hit a wall you will hit a wall spiritually you will hit a wall mentally uh, you will hit a wall uh, technically depending on what you're trying to do whether it's uh, in your tennis serving game uh, or in your writing ability right we tend to come up against walls where we spend way too much time without progressing right that's what a wall is uh, it stops our progress, um, or it represents that our progress has stopped, that, that we are going to need to find a way over, around, under, or through this wall, right? We need to have a breakthrough, or we need a workaround, right? Some walls may indeed be permanent, and, and we never find our way past them. For me as a musician... Uh, I have gotten to where I can sing consistently um, G, a high G, right? So as a baritone, that's kind of the note that I needed to get to. Um, that's one of my money notes, right? The G. Now, there are a few baritones that can sing higher, uh, and that's fine. <clears throat> They're probably lazy, la lazy tenors. <laughs> but... That, that's that's the wall that I got to. But I didn't have that G for a very long time. When I was a freshman in college, uh, when I started majoring in music, I struggled with, uh, you know, even Ds and Es and Fs, much less a G. And to be able to sing it beautifully, right, uh, is a whole other thing. So that, that was a... I, I continually had to 
had to change my technique. And, you know, there's a lot in that. Some of it's physical, some of it's mental. And some of it's just having an image of what things are supposed to sound like to have an example of what to do. Um, but, you know, that's, that's something that I had to work through. I had walls as a musician uh, that I came up against uh, that I needed to continually work through and work around. Uh, and, you know, it may happen to you as a student. Maybe you have gotten to the highest possible math that you can handle. Maybe you can't go past it. For me, that happened very early. <laughs> very early indeed. Uh, perhaps you've uh, gotten to a certain point in literature where you are really struggling to understand anything past that. You know, Maybe you read the classics, but maybe academic literature is beyond you. Uh, that's understandable. A academic literature is ridiculously um, wordy <laughs> and, and really hard, really hard to understand. Um, I don't like reading academic stuff myself. Uh, but uh, what do you do when you hit a wall? What is, what is your what is your what is your way around it? Right? What? Do you know when you hit a wall, and, and what is your thinking process when you get there? For me, uh, for me, usually I kind of know, you know, uh, if I'm going to get past this, I'm going to need to work harder, right? I'm going to need to buckle down, figure it out, right? To work harder. Uh, sometimes, if I'm talking about music, I'm going to need probably more rest. I'm going to need to eat better, uh, going to need to uh, take care of my body better, uh, and I'm going to need to practice more, <clears throat> and I'm very out of practice right now. Uh, you know, even guitar for me, I, I've totally hit a wall with guitar. Uh, I've gotten probably farther than I ever thought I would, uh, but, you know, I started quite late. And, you know, it's okay. Wall, walls are not necessarily bad. Um, as long as you are happy with them. If you're not happy with them, if they really are a problem, then I suggest you find a way around that wall, right? Find a way to get past it or through it. And generally, if we're talking about something physical, uh, we're talking about one of two things. Uh, getting in better shape right? Or changing your thinking process. Changing the way you think. One of the walls that I've hit is my weight, right? Trying to lose weight. I, I have a weight problem. Uh, I am right now probably 40 pounds overweight. Probably 40 pounds overweight. Somewhere around 20 kilos or so. And I have, in the past, been able to lose weight and get back to a better, uh, healthier place as far as that goes. Uh, but it's difficult and I feel like right now I'm at one of those walls. I'm at a wall where I know I need to lose the weight and get in better shape. It's, it's better for everybody. You know, a, a healthy you is not just about you. It's about everyone around you as well. 
Um, and I'm a person that needs to be motivated. You know, I, I find ways to motivate myself when I need to. Uh, more often than not, I need external motivation. Um, I seem to need. I probably don't have to. There's probably ways for me to do better, but I, yeah, I, I can't tell you what it is. I don't know. Um, but that's, that's a struggle that I have, and uh, I have often come up to a bit of a wall as far as my fitness. Uh, I'll have a time where I get in really good shape, and then uh, little by little, incrementally, by not maintaining that, it goes away. And then the next time you find that you've gone even farther afield, and it's even a longer journey back uh, to where you need to be. But even the way I'm talking about it, I can tell you this is a mental thing, right? There's something in my mind that needs to change. I need to think about this in a different way. And whether it's you with spiritual things, right? Maybe you feel like you've gotten to a wall with Christ, that that you your prayer life uh, or your uh, studying of the scriptures uh, or your uh, work with helping the needy, whatever it is. Uh, has has hit a wall and that you are having a hard time getting past a certain thing that you want to get past and you want to stay past. Um, but I'll tell you that from my experience of having come up against these spiritual barriers from time to time, my experience is that what makes them barriers often is that we think Jesus cares about that, that somehow uh, Jesus is angry because we are unable to pray more, read our Bible more, uh, be more holy, uh, whatever it is, that somehow the, the motivation is how Jesus feels. But I want to tell you that I have come to believe, and I hope you do too, that there's really nothing you can do to change the way Jesus feels about anything. Uh, Jesus loves you as much as he could ever love you. Uh, and he literally could not love you more. He has given everything. And he continues to give everything. And he suffers with you. He even suffers with you as you suffer. Even though we think of God as perfect what we need to remember is that he suffers with us, right? When you suffer, he suffers. And most of it's because we have faulty thinking about who Jesus is and how he feels about our suffering. He doesn't blame our suffering on us. He just wants us to get past the suffering. And that's why he suffers with us and for us. He doesn't like it when we suffer. He's not a fan of suffering. Um, But I've said this before, suffering seems to be the path to progress in the Christian life. That seems to be how we, how we move on, how we uh, progress. We have a period of suffering, and then we get past it, somehow. We get past it, and we then are able to move on. Um, 
I guess for some athletes and things like this, it could be an injury that could happen or, you know, that could be the suffering. It could, could just be the mental suffering of having come up against this barrier time and time again and not be able to get past it. For me, there's a certain aria. There's, there's a, a song, if you will, uh, in opera that I have always wanted to master and I have yet to do it. And it's been close to 30 years. More, it's, sorry, it's been more than 30 years uh, that I've wanted to master this aria. And I haven't done it. I haven't been able to do it. It's too hard. It's, for whatever reason, it's, it's very difficult for me. Uh, and it's still in the back of my mind all the time when I think about, you know, improving as an artist. I'm, you know, I think, well, that's one thing I need to do. I need to get, get back to uh, that. Uh, I need to um, get over that wall. That, that represents a certain wall musically for me. Um, <clears throat> but whatever it is, I encourage you to take a good look at the wall. Uh, and and then think creatively about whether there are other things you need to think about to get around it, over it, through it, uh, under it, whatever. You know, start start thinking about uh, creatively about ways to break through your problem. And I'll I'll do the same. Uh, I need to do the same. Uh, I really, really need to get in better shape. I do. I do. Uh, I realize I didn't get to a lot of what I wanted to talk about today. You know, the idea of walls and ceilings and whatnot. I know it's not fun being at one. I'm at one with chess right now and, and probably in several other ways. Um, you know, there are times when you, you just progress almost effortlessly and then you hit this wall and it feels like the world has ended. Uh, and part of it's because you you feasted for so so long that uh, you have a slight delay in your food and you feel like it's famine, um, and that's kind of the definition of a wall, I suppose. Um, but believe it or not, the wall once you get past it will release you generally into another time of plenty, you know, in the effort that you put in. Uh, I think is an investment in the the distance you will go past the wall. Um, but don't make the wall more than it is. You know, it, it may be uh, no more than a screen door. Uh, it may be um, an illusion. The wall, in so many ways, doesn't exist. It's not a real wall. Uh, you are limiting yourself because you see a wall. You know, there can be something of that as well. Uh, mind over matter, if you will. Uh, but I do pray that your walls don't get the better of you, that, that they that they are temporary, um, and that you will grow and mature because you have dealt with the wall well. Yeah. So if I could send you a ladder to get over that wall, I would. Um, walls are a good thing to talk about, though. I think I'd like to talk about it more in the future. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.